It's Alum Group's Andrea Lay, Packview's Melissa Burdick, special guest Jackie Donowski from Flywheel, and I'm PVSB, also from Flywheel. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 13th, and it's time for the Fresh Four. Four curated news stories from the past week. We find them polyhistorically intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Jackie, kick us off, would you? Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect to bring closed-loop attribution to streaming advertisers. Well, hello there, Fresh Boy listeners. Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect have solidified an agreement to bring the retailer's industry-leading audience solutions and measurement to Disney's addressable streaming inventory. The collaboration will enable enhanced audience targeting and outcome-based measurements for brand campaigns across Disney's streaming portfolio, including Hulu and Disney+. Connecting Walmart's customer insights with Disney's proprietary audience graph will help advertisers reach their desired audiences and measure the impact of their campaigns through closed-loop attribution. Thanks, Jackie. Andrea, over to you. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. NBC Universal and Instacart link up to bring retail media opportunities to TV. NBC Universal and Instacart are expanding their existing partnership to include a new retail media workstream that will enable Instacart's CPG advertisers to connect with consumers via NBC Universal's streaming and linear television content. In late 2023, the companies teamed up to include access to NBC Universal's streaming platform Peacock as part of the Instacart Plus membership package. Now, with this new first-party data collaboration, advertisers will be able to reach consumers through NBC Universal's content and measure the impact of their campaigns by leveraging ad exposure and purchase data from Instacart. Thank you, Andrea. Melissa, what do you have for us? Amazon has announced a new country that they're opening up. Amazon has announced that it will launch a new dedicated website for Ireland in 2025. Currently, most Irish customers use Amazon sites based in the UK or other European countries. The company said the Irish site will mean that users will be able to avoid additional customs charges and currency conversion fees, and it will also lead to faster delivery and returns for many items. All right, over to you, Peter. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our hosts, Sri Rajkapalan, Peter V.S. Bond, and Brian Gildenberg, explore how brands and retailers engage consumers in an increasingly digitally driven world. And now, here are the CPG Guys. Hello and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast, where we explore the omni-channel digital journey of brands and retailers. I'm your co-host, PVSB. I'm joined by my dear friend, the founder and CEO of Confluencer Commerce. We both appeared on stage earlier this week at WPP Commerce talking all things retail media. Please join me in welcoming to the podcast, the illustrious, the man who needs no introduction, but I'm going to do it anyhow, Brian Gildenberg. Brian, how are you? Good. Does, uh, does illustrious mean I'm illustrated? Yeah, I think so. Well, I like to draw mustaches on pictures of you whenever I see them in, you know, pamphlets and things. So I do that. Fantastic. We were also on stage at the Retail Cities, Retail Media, the first word event. Uh, we were. 
very busy week. Yes, I now owe myself money for sponsoring my own program. So, <laughs> and as this episode goes to air, it is the uh, the big opening full day of Shop Talk and Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas, man! We're here. I know it looks exactly like my office, but we're here. <laughs> and last time I checked, you know, Brian, we have brand new CPG guys poker chips. That if you hear this episode and you run into us on the show floor, ask us for a CPG Guys poker chip. We're happy to give it to you. It is worth, at the tables, absolutely nothing. Because you know what the casino loves is when you bring you out poker chips. They really do. I know. They're like, where's that? Wait, what's that? Yeah, that, that's when the security guards come and pick you up. But um, the great thing about it is our guest today is actually also going to be at Shop Talk. Yes. Uh, representing. We'll get to that in a second, and I'm sure he'll be able to share with us what, what they've got planned there. But, uh, Brian, as always, thank you for joining me to usher through today's episode. It's uh, it's great to have you on board. All right. Before we get to our guest, I want to remind our audience, please visit cbgguys.com, where you can find links to our podcast on all the major and minor platforms. Uh, and if you're not already doing so, please go to LinkedIn, either on the mobile app or linkedin.com and when you get to the search box enter cpg guys when you get to our page on linkedin click the blue follow button uh, we've got over twenty thousand. hard to believe that brian now twenty thousand people following us it is hard to believe uh and and they do it because we're here to educate we're here to entertain and we produce new and exciting content each and every day of the week including weekends not just weekdays uh, also, make sure to subscribe to the other podcasts in our collective, including the FMCG Guys, CPG Scoop, and coming up very shortly, Brian Gildenberg's new tech-focused podcast, CPG Guys Fast Forward. Um, and of course, I will also mention that we are very proud to be sponsors of Next Up, formerly Network of Executive Women, whose mission it is to advance all women in business and to promote gender equality in the workplace. The digital liner notes of this episode contain hyperlinks to our site, the other collective podcast sites, our LinkedIn page, and our landing page on Next Up. So, Brian, uh, with that and dispensing with the pleasantries, let's get down to business, shall we? Well, let's go sit at the table, as they say in, in Vegas, where we are. Where's that guy? Where's the let's get ready to rumble guy? Don't we need him? Um, but I, I think it would cost too much. I don't think that's in our podcast budget. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're licensing him. No, that's a good thought, though. All right. So we'll just we'll say it and hope that there's no trademark infringement. All right. Brian, you know, we speak very often on our podcast about uh, our favorite topic, retail media. It's what we talked about all week. It was kind of crazy. But yes. um, while the retail media boom has been largely concentrated with on-site and off-site digital applications, you know, the reality is physical stores represent a massive media opportunity for brands to connect um, all through the funnel messaging to critical moments of decision-making in-store, right? Yet there still exists a sizable gap in connecting brand marketing messages from click to brick. While brand marketers are shifting their spending to digital engagement platforms, 90% of purchases are still occurring in-store. That's on average. It depends on the category, but that's basically the average. That's the reality, right? So the CPG guys have partnered on this episode with Vestcom, a division of Avery Dennison, to explore how brands are utilizing innovative tactics to connect with shoppers in physical retail to drive incremental volume. Our guest today is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Media Solutions at Bestcom, responsible for developing partnerships 
across brands, retailers, and agencies to deliver value for all parties. He's a 25-year veteran. He started at the age of four. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but he has been in the industry for 25 years, and he brings a deep understanding of the challenging and complex dynamics of the intersection of the retail and media industries. Rooted in his prior leadership roles across Quotient, Catalina, and a lot of great CPGs uh, like Coca-Cola. Please join uh, Brian and me in welcoming to the podcast, Shock Torm. Shock, hey, how you doing? What's going on, man? I am doing great. Thank you, Peter and Brian. Uh, it's exciting to be part of the CPG Guys universe and uh, really look forward to our conversation today. Oh, thank you. We're so happy to have you here today because, as you know, we just love talking retail media and we're particularly focused on, you know, the elephant in the room, which is what are people doing about physical retail? And I'm excited to get into this conversation. You know, before we get to the questions we've prepared for you, Shaka, it would be great if you would share with our audience a brief overview of uh, Vascom. Certainly. Um, you know, any shopper that's walked a grocery store in the U.S. market in our lifetimes has likely unknowingly been exposed to and benefited from Vescom solutions. Um, I'd like to think of us as the best kept secret in the CPG industry, if you will. We're everywhere and you don't even know it. So where are we? Effectively, we're the largest developer and distributor of productivity solutions for retailers to manage their pricing assortment and merchandising communication itself. So that can take the form of a number of different mediums, anything from everyday or promotional price tags, signs promoting deli or produce items, end cap signs, shelf strips to manage resets and assortment. So a lot of different forms. Uh, historically, these core solutions have been retailer focused, but over time we've introduced enhanced solutions that enable CPG brands to complement in-store price communication while also integrating their marketing messaging at the shelf. And that creates a more holistic media solution and a more complete shopper experience. So Vescom effectively has a presence everywhere you look in store. Uh, and I look forward to sharing today how that can further benefit both brands and retailers alike. Thanks, Shock. That is really terrific. We're going to include in the digital liner notes of this podcast episode, your LinkedIn profile, Vescom's LinkedIn page, and Vescom's corporate site. Uh, because, you know, 90% plus of the people who listen to this episode will do so on a mobile device and, you know, don't want them to have to fumble around, figure out how to write down the URLs. Hyperlinks are all there. So if you're listening, just shift over to the liner notes. You can click and you can explore while you're listening to the melodic tones of Shock, Brian, and myself. So please do that. So let's get to the question, Shock, because we've got some really great ones here today because it's just so fascinating. Let me start off with um, some data that really kind of shocked me. eMarketer recently reported that retail media has grown to over $30 billion in revenue. I think it was 37 to be exact during 2022, with no end in sight to that growth. I think as much as $55 billion by the end of 2024. You know, while the boom has been largely concentrated on these digital applications I referred to, why, from your opinion, should brands consider allocating dollars to in-store media? Well, you're right, Peter. Uh, the growth really is staggering, and it continues to grow exponentially. Uh, in fact, eMarketer also recently published that for the first time, retail media spend has already surpassed connected TV and is on pace to surpass broadcast TV by next year with nearly $60 billion in projected spend, to your point. Uh, 
The reason for this massive budget shift is that CPGs continue to realize that engaging the shopper in a contextually relevant environment yields much higher returns for their media spend. So the question, of course, is, you know, what exactly is contextually relevant? There's a lot of interpretation there. Uh, What's interesting is that while 90% of that retail media network spend still occurs in a digital environment on retailer sites, uh, programmatic targeting, lookalike audiences, all the tactics we've become accustomed to, there's still a disparity here. And the disparity is 90% of the spend occurs in digital, while 90% of the transactions, to your point earlier, still occur in brick and mortar. And the reason that's meaningful is if you actually retrain your brain and qualify the eyeballs that are in store as a media audience, they actually represent over twice the reach of a retailer's average digital audience. So that's really powerful. And at the end of the day, the answer is simple. With retail media networks, uh, if you apply a digital media mindset to your shelf edge and consider that an extension of your media channel, you now have massive reach in store, coupled with the fact that you're engaging these shoppers at the final point of decision when you can actually influence their purchase right then and there. There's nothing more contextually relevant than that. And there's no better time or place to reach that audience at the exact moment that they're ready to buy. Awesome. Um, Yeah, and Chuck, I'm delighted to have you on as well. This topic is one that's going to become increasingly important as everybody starts to realize that basic 90-90 algebra you walked through before. I think the brands and the retailers are starting to piece that together and realizing the opportunity here. So at NRF, you were talking about this sort of disconnect between uh, brand marketing messages from click to brick and the need for brands to achieve, uh, and a shout out to the late great Olivia Newton-John, fidgetal success. So let's get fidgetal here. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit and uh, talk about what you mean and how that works a bit? Yeah, certainly. Well, it, it certainly seems like fidgetal is the phrase du jour in our industry these days. So let's definitely unpack that a little bit. Um, well, one could argue that's unfortunate, but yes, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> It'll last a while, like everything else, it'll move on. But I, I think the impact will remain for a long time. Um, you know, it, it goes back to the fundamental truth that shoppers still prefer to shop in a physical environment. Uh, the whole notion of I want to touch and feel my produce. I don't want someone else to pick out my tomatoes for me. And that mentality applies then to the rest of their shopping trip that day. It's why they walked into a store. So while COVID accelerated e-commerce behavior and you saw increases in dynamics like Bopis, uh, we're normalizing now back to standard behavior. And the other dynamic that's evolved exclusive of a disruptive event like COVID is a more gradual evolution with respect to omnichannel media consumption and shopper behavior. So while marketers were excited by digital opportunities early on and perhaps overinvested, it's become clear that most consumers are hybrid shoppers. And there's a need for a more integrated approach to engaging them in the manner that's most relevant to them. So the question becomes, how do you create a dynamic that leverages the best of both worlds, the physical and the digital. Uh, thus, the emergence of the term fidgetal, which aims to address this consumer need. And if 90% of transactions are still occurring in brick and mortar, uh, there needs to be an awareness amongst brand marketers 
that this is fertile ground to continue that conversation with the consumer, complete that shopper journey, and connect your brand messaging in-store to the narrative that you've already begun higher up in the funnel outside of the store. And making that connection uh, will definitely change shopper behavior and drive more brand volume. It's fidgetal with a capital C. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. So then, Shock, um, it appears to me that brands should be paying attention to in-store media based on what you just shared. What are some of the general principles that you speak to brands about in terms of optimizing their in-store media spend? Yeah, so it's no different than the transition that's occurred over the last number of years as they evaluate their digital media spend. So when you think about optimizing media spend, uh, that shift that's occurred in digital media is more of a focus on measurable outcomes versus in-process measures. And um, you know, this mindset comes directly from the CPGs, folks like Mark Pritchard at Procter & Gamble and other CPGs, uh, where they're no longer as focused on impressions or clicks to define the success of a campaign. It's all about volume impact, but that's exceedingly difficult to measure higher up in the funnel. And so the beauty of in-store media is that you can measure true volume impact. And when we think about the principles to your question that apply in this environment, it comes down to three things, compatibility, reliability, and measurability. And uh, I'll elaborate on each of those here for a moment. So when you think about compatibility, uh, make sure you're choosing a medium as a brand that enables the consistency of your brand message from the top of the funnel all the way through down to conversion. The same visual cues, the same imagery, uh, the brand benefits, the taglines that you're communicating to consumers. Uh, ensure that you can make that connection in store when they're standing in front of that shelf deciding to buy brand X or brand Y uh, and your message will resonate through and drive that recall and drive that conversion. So have that compatibility. Uh, the second is reliability. What I mean by that is make sure you're partnering with a solution provider that maximizes your working dollars, that can actually get your signage up at the right place, at the right time, in front of your brand the right way. There's a lot of slippage potential uh, with in-store media. And so ensure that you're partnering with someone that's reliable and can ensure that the dollars you're spending to deliver your message actually get to the right consumer. Uh, and the third piece is measurability. Ensure, again, that you're partnering with either retailers or brands uh, that can measure the true incremental return on ad spend, the IROS, with industry-approved test versus control methodology. But for that, you need the data access and ensure that you've got a mechanism either directly or through a partner that allows you to have that measurability. So as long as you have compatibility with your brand message, reliability that the dollars you're spending are actually getting the message in front of the consumer and measurability to determine the true volume impact. Uh, those are the principles that I think will lead to a very impactful campaign. Super. And what solutions does Vescom have that offer uh, their partners this uh, compatibility, reliability, and measurability? Well, as you might imagine, we have quite a few. Uh, our, our, our flagship product that we launched a few years ago is called Shelf Ads. I know that sounds generic, uh, but the ads in Shelf Ads is actually spelled A-D-Z and is our proprietary product. Uh, effectively, Shelf Ads piggyback off of our core price tag solution, 
and enable CPGs to leverage a portion of that canvas to communicate their own brand messaging aside from price. So we are the only price data integrated media solution in market, which creates a powerful combination because now brands can leverage price promotion in concert with brand messaging, and it creates that tiebreaker at shelf and compels a shopper to choose their brand over a competitor. Uh, it's effectively taking you know, a price tag and turning it into your own media channel as a brand. And the exciting part about shelf ads is that because Vescom has been around for over 30 years, we have strategic retailer partnerships, and that brings massive scale to the platform. Uh, we're in over 60,000 stores across 70 retailers nationwide across grocery, drug, and dollar. And it's in every major retailer in those channels, Kroger, Albertsons, Ahold, SCG, Wakeford, Dollar General, Walgreens, and many more. So it's literally the who's who of our industry in terms of where we are. And we're excited to partner with both retailers and CPGs to drive value. Brian, have you heard of any of those retailers? They sound familiar. They, they sound familiar. Wow. You, you got, yeah. uh, you know, in any event. So I, I want to get back to... Um, the question that I asked before where you talked about compatibility, reliability, and measurability, the measurability one is really interesting. I think you alluded to it a bit with Brian, but uh, my question for you is this. How are you partnering with retail media networks to enable brands to activate their message at Shelf Edge and actually achieve uh, the measurability component in particular? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you asked that, Peter, because retailer media networks uh, are essential to optimizing in-store media strategy, both for retailers and CPGs alike. The primary shift that's occurred in the last several years is that retail media networks recognize that the shelf edge is as much a media channel as their owned and operated digital properties. And they're looking for solution providers like Vescom to help them monetize the 220 million eyeballs that walk up and down their aisles every single week. And to put that in perspective, you know, the Super Bowl garners about 110 million viewers that one day every Sunday in February. This is double the size of a Super Bowl that's occurring every single week in grocery drug mass in the United States. It's a huge audience that brands and retailers can leverage. And that's the evolution that we see happening. Uh, we partner with virtually every retail media network out there, such as 8451, Albertsons Media Collective, PIPA Digital Labs, DG Media Network, and others to customize our approach with their overall strategy and make it simple for brands to just hit that easy button and deploy at scale, regardless of the retailer. So think of Vescom and Shelf Ads as having the scale and reach of the old school FSI that's retailer agnostic but more in a modern media form that can drive brand volume, but at full margin. I want to remind our audience that Brian and I have the pleasure of speaking today with Shock Torum, Senior Vice President and General Manager of Media Solutions at Vescom, a division of Avery Dennison. Brian, to you. Oh, yeah. Um, you talked a lot about, and I think you've set this conversation up on measurability well, uh, with the enabling tools you got. But can you elaborate on the measurement solutions brands can expect from shelf ads as they uh, launch campaigns? Yeah. So if you recall our fundamental principles, one of those was measurability. And with shelf ads, we have access to first-party point-of-sale data from many of our retailer partners, including one of our most recent expanded partnerships with Kroger's 8451, 
and with that partnership, we unlock access to their collaborative cloud data. So that type of data enables our data and insights team to conduct industry standard test versus control uh, methodology to determine the true incrementality of a shelf ads campaign. Depending on the tactic and the category deployed, uh, most brands experience a 10 to 20% increase in incremental volume lift and an average IROAS of 2 to 3x. We've actually measured and executed thousands of campaigns on behalf of our brand partners over the last several years. Again, this is a solution that's at scale. And so we have you know, a ton of data and insights to help our brands continue to iterate on what's the most effective approach, what's the best time to execute, how do I flight my campaigns. Uh, there's a lot in the data that can help you really optimize your campaign. All right, Chuck. So let's take it from theory to practice. We'd love a few examples of innovative ways that brands are leveraging your platform to engage uh, physical store shoppers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's, that's the exciting part, right? When, when you bring this to life. So back to that digital dynamic, uh, you know, while the majority of brand messaging itself serves to reinforce just basic brand benefits, such as, you know, I'm gluten-free, I'm heart healthy, or 10x the cleaning power, or whatever that brand claim may be, uh, many times brands are also inviting shoppers to scan the tag with an active QR code that drives them to a digital mobile experience and a call to action. So that could take the form of a recipe idea or signing up for a sweepstakes or clipping a digital coupon and things like that, which again, aim to motivate purchase behavior right then and there. And with shelf ads, brands can effectively amplify promotions that they have with other partners that truly need that extra visibility at shelf. So for example, we've partnered with Mars Wrigley and Coca-Cola and others at Albertsons to inspire in-store shoppers with Pinterest content. Uh, we've partnered with Unilever at a number of retailers to amplify fetch rewards campaigns at shelf. Uh, we also partner with multiple CPGs throughout the year at Dollar General to amplify quotient digital offers. So regardless of the type of value and promotions that brands may want to amplify in store, we're agnostic with respect to which partner we can work with. It's all about getting out that brand message and uh, you know, leveraging that shelf edge as that media channel. Uh, this is awesome. So you've whipped this up a wonderful three-course meal of compatibility, reliability, and measurability. We've seen some practical examples, and now it's time to figure out who picks up the check. So, uh, and I think this is one of the hottest conversations that we've got going on in, in our world right now. From your perspective, given what you can see about how these programs work, is in-store media really a trade function that should be the purview of, say, the Albertsons of the VG account team? that support a specific retailer? Or is it really sort of a value proposition for a brand marketer to coordinate efforts across retail customers to drive brand value? Yeah, and that's a great question, Brian. And I think the short answer is yes and yes. <laughs> um, you know, all kidding aside, there's a number of different buckets depending on the CPG ecosystem that can fund uh, Shelf Edge Media depending truly on the initiative and your objective for that campaign. So it certainly makes sense to use shelf ads to amplify trade promotion or to support retailer-driven events. And historically, that's a very common use case 
Usually that's funded at the local level. But what we're seeing more and more of are national brand media budgets being utilized to communicate key brand benefits, tentpole events, new item launches, and initiatives that are universal to the brand and not necessarily retailer specific. And those are the ones where it makes more sense for the brand to hit that proverbial easy button and have it deployed across 50, 60 retailers at once without having to rely on individual sales or shopper teams to execute behind it. So it's no different than making a national media buy with just another medium, shelf edge media. And and ultimately we're seeing, especially with the increased leverage of retailer media networks, is that shopper marketing dollars, promotional spend and brand dollars are converging as branded media opportunities are realized at shelf. Uh, It's going to be, again, a varied approach by CPG as far as the proportions go, but we're seeing more and more involvement at the brand level than ever before. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Shock. Uh, I think that the term retail media, the emphasis when using that term is moving from the retail to the media side, because at the end of the day, what you're offering is media. The great thing about it is it's the trifecta media that you you discussed in terms of uh, compatibility and so on. So I think that is absolutely true. Okay, so now I want to take my Wayne Gretzky approach, right? I want to see where the puck is going. So I have a two-part question for you, Shock. You can take the boy out of Canada, but you can't take the Canada out of the boy. I know. You know I always have to use a hockey analogy here, Brian. This is crazy, right? So the first part of my question is uh, – what do you see as major in-store media capabilities that are coming on the horizon that are about to emerge? Uh, and I'd really like to know how you think Vescom is positioned to drive the most impact for brands using these emerging capabilities. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to that digital topic uh, to a degree, you know, I think we'll continue to see innovation and new solutions that aim to make that connection both ways. Uh, What you're seeing today primarily in the early days of kind of converging digital into more of a, uh, you know, media solution in store is QR codes, right? And it's kind of one-sided. But I think over time, you're going to see more of a complement or a balance where it's two-sided. So whether it's QR codes or NFC technology or now digital displays or smart screens, Uh, you're going to see emerging technology that retailers will be piloting to optimize that shopper experience. But there also needs to be a balance of not creating too much disruption for that shopping experience. So I think a lot will get flushed out in the next three to five years with respect to the intersection of technology and what that can deliver at scale with what retailers and consumers are willing to accept as value-added versus disruptive. And at the end of the day, the consumer voice and the data therein will determine uh, what direction that goes in. With respect to Vescom and the second part of your question, uh, you know, and I appreciate you asking, our core value in serving our 70 plus retailer partners with their everyday pricing, assortment and merchandising needs is a fundamental pillar that enables us to complement that with powerful media solutions in both analog and digital form in store. And uh, while we have focused primarily on the analog aspect of that historically, and we're starting to transition into digital with some of the examples I shared, uh, you're going to see a lot more innovation and new solutions come forth 
that uh, I think will create those shopping experiences. So more to come on that front. You know, Shock, um, when I think about what you just said in terms of that frictionless experience, let me paraphrase you, to make the technology work in physical retail, it can't be too cumbersome. And I know that that's kind of, and Brian and I have been talking about this in a number of forums over the last couple of weeks, that success in physical store is going to take some of what is so powerful about online activity, right? Um, the ability to access content very easily as you're glancing through the digital shelf. How do you bring that into physical retail? You can certainly print it out on on the physical, but sometimes there's more content. You want to bring that to them. So I think as you guys are positioned to help brand marketers bring more conversion-driving content seamlessly to shoppers in physical retail, wow, that sounds like a pretty powerful proposition. So good on you. Brian, you can close this out, if you will. Sure thing. And this will be a sort of an open-ended uh, sort of final thought. If, if you just were to leave our audience with one final thought on better leveraging the sort of in-store media evolution slash revolution, um, what would that be? Yeah. So the final thought I would have is for brands to remember that advertising has always been about capturing the consumer's attention. And... It's far more important to do that in an in-store environment than investing in them seeing it on a billboard while they're driving a car or at an ad at a bus stop or a pop-up on their phone. Um, ultimately, shelf-edge media will continue to evolve in ways that provide marketers some exciting choices on how to better engage shoppers. Uh, but doing so, again, in a contextually relevant environment that motivates immediate action. And I'd encourage brands to have an open mind and an appetite for learning as the shelf edge continues to become an extended media channel for retailers. Uh, and Vescom is the leader in the shelf edge media space is here to help you along that journey. It's a true win-win for consumers who gain inspiration and clarity to help make better buying decisions. It's a win for retailers who can monetize their in-store traffic as well as their digital traffic. And for CPGs who can connect their key messages at the final point of decision and drive measurable volume impact to their brands. You've spent a ton of money higher up in the funnel, driving down the field. You finally got a consumer in the red zone by virtue of them being in the store. Now, when they're at the goal line, standing in front of your section, let's not drop the ball. Let's make sure we can drive that conversion and get it across the goal line. So that's how we think about the role of Vescom and shelf ads is ensuring that we can drive that conversion for you and optimize not just your shelf edge media spend, but all those dollars you spent higher up in the funnel. Let's make sure it at the end of the day drives volume. So we look forward to continuing on this journey with all of our partners uh, and driving that value for everybody. Well said, Chuck. That is tremendous. And Brian, you'll note that we managed to get in uh, quite a number of sports references, and none of them were baseball. So I'm really happy about the fact that we pulled that off today. Somebody who's not on this podcast or usually is is crying somewhere. So. I know. He's, he's got FOMO. You know he's always got FOMO. He who shall go unmentioned. But in any event, uh, I want to remind our audience, uh, please go to cpgguys.com. You can find all of our content. Uh, and if you think your company has some thought leadership to contribute to our ongoing community discussion, drop us an email at contact at cpgguys.com, and maybe you can join us 
on a future podcast episode. And while you're there, don't forget to drop us a rating and write a review at cpgguys.com from the navigation bar at the top of the page. And of course, thank you, thank you, thank you to the 20,000 plus followers that have made this community so powerful. We are so grateful. Hey, Shock, I really want to thank you for uh, coming on today, providing us with a powerful framework to think about how to invest against in-store media compatibility, reliability, measurability, and detailing how you think uh, you know Vascom has kind of cracked the code on being able to do this. And I think what's most important is not just the ability to do it, but the ability to do it at scale. So thank you so much for coming on board. No, it's been a pleasure, uh, Peter and Brian, and and uh, you know I've said this to you before as I've run into you at various industry events. Uh, you guys really get it. You truly understand this space. So certainly appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation with you today and just share some of those insights with your audience. And uh, I believe you're also going to be at NACDS. I'm at Shop Talk this week as well. So if anybody wants to reach out and have an extended conversation, just uh, reach out to me via LinkedIn. Happy to chat either at Shop Talk or NACDS or offline as well. So uh, feel free to reach out and thank you both again uh, for the opportunity today. I'll I'll see you out in the field. I'll remind our audience that uh, Shock's LinkedIn profile can be accessed via hyperlink in the digital liner notes of this podcast. So one click and boom, there you are. Um, Hey, Brian. Yes. This was great, wasn't it? Like you and I have been really wanting to dig into the in-store and boy, did we deliver on it this week. What were your thoughts? Well, yeah, in general, yes. Uh, one, thank you, Shock, for the time. Two, I, I completely agree with the whole concept of this, which is that the real revolution in in-store media, to paraphrase a conversation we were having earlier this week on stage, isn't about the digital stuff that I think is all now getting reasonably well understood. It's this. It's that 90 to 90 ratio that I think is so critical that 90% of our energy right now is spent on where 10% of the transactions are. 10% of our energy from a media point of view is spent on where 90% of the transactions are. That's going to naturally even up and tools that can enable that to even more quickly, I think are super powerful. Um, I love the couple of phrases in here in addition to Chuck's excellent recap. You know, hopefully this opened the eyes of a lot of brand marketers, particularly on the opportunity that in-store media represents. You know, it's it's pretty clear that uh, being able to, yeah, to be able to deliver and measure at the shelf edge is going to unlock uh, half the Super Bowl every week kind of reach for brands. Um, obviously, a high-value audience that's ready to spend, all that good stuff. And um, the right provider can be a really effective way for strong, measurable returns. I do think there's a couple of other ideas I thought were really interesting. I thought the way you started shock with contextual relevance and then the way we kind of finished with the least possible friction. I think contextual relevance with the least possible friction is something, you know, people could get tattooed on themselves if they're trying to remember how the future of retail media needs to evolve. I think those two concepts are unbelievably powerful. Um, I love the way you just kind of gave us three good ideas to hang our hat on with compatibility, reliability and measurability. Um, as really important aspects of what you need from a solution provider. I like the yes and sort of uh, improv style answer on whether it's brand or trade running the show at Shelf Edge Media, because I really do think it depends on uh, what you're trying to accomplish. You mentioned the phrase IROAS, which means that an angel that looks like Shri got its wings. That's very exciting. And um, I think the last piece is you used a phrase called the final point of decision right at the end. And, uh, 
you're just going to get to one of my pet things, which is for, for years. I kept trying to rebrand shopper marketing at Kantar as decision marketing, completely and utterly unsuccessfully. But one of my colleagues, um, a woman named Kirsty Hawks, had a great phrase that she used to use about shopper marketing, which she described it as marketing at the point of decision, wherever that decision may be. And I love the ability to think about how the shelf edge can influence shopper decisions that are more like mental availability decisions around whether the brand is relevant as well as conversions. I think this is really cool. So uh, thank you for uh, sharing your expertise and your thoughts with us today, Shock. Much appreciated. Thank you, Brian. Like I said, you get it. He's a disciple. I was, I was hoping we wouldn't disprove that by the end of my rambles. So. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, we are both disciples on that. So thank you, Shock. All right, Brian, thanks so much for that recap and assessment. That is terrific. Uh, and to our audience, hey, this was another winner of an episode. So we look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye. The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.